Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo and Tom Terrace. Welcome one and all. Uh, Good to be here, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 13, verses 33 through 37. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to see how Jesus wants to speak to us today? I would love to. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Dear God, you are an awesome God. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your kindness, your patience, your generosity. Thank you for the gift of this moment gift of this day. Help us to, to receive that gift with open arms, open heart. Thank you for the gift of our faith, the gift of mass, and the gospel that we'll reflect on now. Lord, just help it to, to penetrate deep into our hearts. Help us to, to live the gospel in our lives. Uh, and then on Sunday, when we encounter your love through your word, help it to just explode in every aspect of our lives. Thank you, Lord. Please bless and protect all those listening. Hold them in the palm of your hands and draw them closer to you right now at this moment. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Yes. uh, This is again from uh, Mark chapter 13, verse 33 through 37. Jesus said to his disciples, Be watchful, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It is like a man traveling abroad. He leaves home and places his servants in charge, each with his own work, and orders the gatekeeper to be on the watch. Watch, therefore. You do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or in the morning. May he not come suddenly and find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all, watch. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. So the, the word that jumps out at me, Tom, is, uh, is disciples, all right? A lot of times I'll get, you know, can't wait to get to the, the beginning of the quotation where it's like, all right, what, what did Jesus say? But Jesus said to his disciples, so he wasn't talking to the crowds, he wasn't talking to anybody new to the message, he was talking to his disciples, those who were all in, right? They, they've said yes, they, they've been following him, and he's telling them to be watchful, to be alert, and he's telling them... Make sure you know that you're not found sleeping. It's like wow. So, as you're reading, and, and I'm thinking about this, you know, just on, in, in the secular, uh, on the secular side of things, I used to have uh, a manager who, when we would interview people, and they would talk about their experience, and he said, you know, the question is, you know, do they have fill in the blank on number of years? Do they have 15 years of experience, or do they have the same year 15 times? Like you know, really get in. Like when you're interviewing people, like try to get into you know, with, with your questions, like how, like, do they still pursue, you know, for, you know, continuing education? Do they still try to find innovative ways to do what they do? So are they, you know, really, are they digging in? And I'm thinking of that with, with this, you know, when we say our yes, for the first time, we tell Jesus, yes, I want to be, 
your disciple. I want to, I'm in, Lord, I'm in. Like, so do we take that and just try to plumb the depths, which we will never be able to do on this side of eternity, right? Our faith is so rich. Um, or do we sometimes skate a little bit, right? That, yeah, I said my yes, I'm good. Uh, so that that's where the Lord has me right now. You know, do, you know, am I truly trying to go deep, trying to get to know our Lord in, in new ways each day and to be open to receiving his love and be bold and giving his love each and every day? You know, what really hits me, Rob, as you were sharing, is just this whole word, be watchful, to watch, to be alert, to be watchful. At the end, he says, I say to all, not only just to you individually, but all, watch. And I had an experience two weeks ago that uh, really, really got my attention. You see, too many times as disciples, as Christians, as Catholics, we take the day for granted. We expect we're going to live tomorrow. We're going to live next week, next year. We're making plans for 10 years from now when we're going to retire. But we have no idea if we truly are going to get the gift of tomorrow. So for me, when I wake up in the morning, I want to have that grateful heart, never expect it, but with awe and with excitement to what thank the Lord with a grateful heart for the gift of the day and then live that day for the Lord because we don't know that we have tomorrow. I think that's one of the first messages that really pop out. And then what really caught me by surprise, two weeks ago, my daughter, my daughter Hope was uh, was was having a problem with the cold, and then went into her chest, and then it went into her ear. She had an ear infection. So on a Sunday, she said, "Dad, can you take me to urgent care? Because I don't want to miss school tomorrow." I said, "Sure, I'll take you." So my wife and I took uh, our daughter Hope to urgent care, and and when she checked in, I thought, huh, "There's nobody else here." My wife said, "Well, why don't you get checked out too? Because, I mean, talking to me, because you had uh, chest pain the last." Two times you took a walk outside for, you know, a couple hours. At the end of the walk, I got this little bit of chest pain right around my sternum. I said, yeah, I guess I'll do that too. So I signed myself up. So we went in. My daughter, Hope, got all checked out, got her medication. Doctor says, now let's look at you. Hmm. So I explained what happened, what the symptom was. He said, well, let's do an EKG, see what it looks like. So he hooks me up, and I'm laying there on the, on the, on the bed, and they hook me up, run the EKG. Doctor comes back in and reads it. He said, uh, the EKG shows abnormal, shows blockage in your uh, right grouping of, of, of blood vessels. I'm like, what? He said, I'm not going to send you to the emergency room to have a procedure done right now because you're not showing any signs of a heart attack. But in the next two weeks, I need you to see a cardiologist. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I come out now and my blood pressure was, for me, I thought it was a little bit higher than I wanted it to be. So I'm, I'm panicked. So I make my appointment right away for two days later, see the cardiologist. But in the meantime, I come out and it's like, wow, I'm going to eat better. And then the Lord reminded me how I've been praying and praying and praying to him to eat better, but I figure he's going to fix it. If I pray to eat better, he's going to make me eat better. But if I don't ask him, he's not going to help me. So anyhow, so so I, I go two days and I'm eating really healthy and my wife's all impressed. I'm eating vegetables. I'm eating fish that's not breaded. I'm not eating fries and fast food. Go to the cardiologist. Go into the cardiologist and he reads the EKG. He said, oh, he said they hooked you up backwards. He said they hook your right leg to your left leg, your left leg to your right leg. He said that's why this reads the way it does. We're going to run a new test. Ran the new test, comes back perfectly normal. I'm like, and I said, wow. <laughs> Must now, have been the vegetables. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. So, but, but you know what? I don't take that for granted because I prayed for a miracle in my healing. You know, and, and I believe the Lord gave me that miracle in the fact that I, you know, now I am going to still go through a stress test. I am going to go through a blood test that just just checks to make sure I have a good blood flow to make sure that the chest pain was nothing abnormal. 
But it, it really was a shot over my bow because then the Lord reminded me, remember how you've been praying uh, for me to help you eat better? Well, I'd like an active participant, and that means you. I'd like you to make the conscious choice not to eat the fries. And when you're weak, call on me for the strength to say no. So I really take that as God's being awake and watchful for God's promptings, for God's opportunity to be an answer to the prayer I'm praying, but using me as that active participant. So again, for me, I don't want to miss the signs. I want to stay alert. I want to be watchful because, you know, God will help us if we ask him to, and God will give us the signs. But if we become blind to them, deaf to them, and then ignore them, there's there's consequences to our choices. So for me, I'm eating healthy. I'm walking and exercising. So far, I've lost five pounds, and I intend to keep doing that, you know, and I feel much better. Now, as for the chest pain, my conclusion is, or my theory is, I had gone striper fishing four weeks in a row. I had caught in stripes, stripers four, four different times, and I put my rod butt right on my sternum and use it as a fulcrum to lean back and pull in these big stripers. So I said, Doc, is there any chance maybe I bruised that area and that's what caused the pain? He said, oh yeah, very possible. But you're still going to do a stress test and you're, st- <laughs> and you're still going to do the blood the blood test just to make sure we rule everything else out. Oh, so again, man. be watchful, be alert. God wants to help us. He's our Father, but He wants active participants wow. in the answer to those prayers. Take, take it one... As you're sharing this, because food is, you, we, we've had many meals together, David. I, I I like to eat. I like to eat. Um, so food is is a real struggle for me too. And I forget who what order it was, but it was an order of priests that they live a life of fasting, not meaning that they fast like every day and don't eat, but every meal they, in secret, you know, between them and God, they choose to 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 do us to fast like. Don't go for the salt. Like you're about to go for the salt, or you're about to go to, to get a soda and just get water instead, or you're about to go for the seconds, or you know you see a an array of whatever you know fruit, or and then one looks really bruised. Go for that one, or you know. So for me, when I think of that, it seems a little more doable than cutting everything out all at once. It's like okay, each meal, what can I do? Because I know Dave, you you have a good thing you do to help you with your moderation when, when we've been out. I've seen you do this where you'll, you know, you'll cut a little bit off to, to bring home to your, to your bride. You'll, you know, eat a little bit and then you'll, you know, cut some more for, you know, for yourself the next day. So all those little things, and it's just something in our spiritual life. If we say today, I'm going to start, I haven't prayed in 20 years and I'm going to do a holy hour. I'm going to pray the rosary, pray the chaplet. I'm going to go to daily mass and I'm going to do that every day starting today. And I haven't prayed in 25 years. How am I going to do? Probably not well. Right. So I think we need to take, you know, all all these things, whether it's physical changes, invite, like you said, invite God into that, uh, but take it one step at a time, one right. meal at a time. Yep. And I mean, and for me, what I've been doing is just when I get the meal, intentionally just eat half. We don't need the full meal. Our appetites, you know, and our taste buds are quenched after the first couple bites. The qu- the taste buds are quenched. Then slow down. Drink a lot of water. Eat half the meal, take half home for the next day. And you know what? I feel much better. I've been walking. I've been eating healthy food. So for me, it's it was a real wake-up call. But God, that's the way he works with me, you know? Mm-hmm. He sends, thank you, Lord, sends that warning shot over the bow. Now I have a choice, free will, listen or ignore it. The word that jumped out at me was uh, gatekeeper, and it kind of ties in with what you guys are talking about. Um, you know, he says, you know, 
and orders the gatekeeper to be on the watch. And he says, watch, therefore. So to me, he's saying, like, be like a gatekeeper. So what are you allowing into your mind, into your heart, into your soul? Um, You know, a gatekeeper is one who keeps things out, keeps them or lets allows things in. So in this time of year, you know, approaching Christmas, which is a penitential year, so you're talking about fasting, um, how do we do it? I th- and I think it's like through our faith and humility and prudence that what you guys were just talking about as far as eating, you know, being prudent to give up certain things. And and our faith is that gatekeeper. How are we uh, strengthening that through prayer and study? You know, like you could study the catechism. You could lead, read the lives of the saints. All those will strengthen that gatekeeper so that when, you know, temptation comes— you know, when the devil says, oh, you know, you can click on that thing on the internet. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, you're strong enough to ward that off. And so I think in this time of the year, we have to, you know, uh, do all that we can to strengthen that gatekeeper in, in each of us. Because even, I, I think a saint said, even the, a just man falls seven times a day. <laughs> You know, so in humility, say, Lord, you know, I could fall at any minute, you know, constantly watching and and being a good gatekeeper. Yeah, I, I, I didn't notice that word at all, Tom. Thanks for breaking that open. That's, uh, that's beautiful, you know, whether it's, like you said, through anything through our eyes, through our ears, through our mouth, like what are we, what are we letting into our body and our, and our spirit? And, and, and we get, it's kind of like the frog, you know, that if you put a frog in a boiling pot of water and the mm. water is vigorously boiling and you drop, the frog just jumps right out. Yeah. But if you put that frog in a, in a pot of water, that's just room temperature. And then you slowly heat it up. And it's like, oh, this is a nice warm bath. Oh, it's yeah. a little hot tub. And before you know it, he just stays in there and, you know, with a smile on his face, ends up being cooked to yeah. death. Right. So without, without taking this gatekeeper, um, you know, without adopting that 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 mentality, um, we can be that frog, you know, where we let things in a little bit at a time, you know, a little, a little, you know, th- this content isn't that bad, right? And then before you know it, you're watching stuff that we shouldn't be watching, or you know, this one bag of chips is little, you know, and then before we know it, we're eating the big bag, you know, that's a and it kind of all goes back to like the original sin, you know, like the in the Garden of Eden, you know, like. Oh, you know, you could eat that fruit. It's okay. And, and, and as soon as Eve gave into that temptation, they're banished from the garden. So you could see how horrible sin is to God. You know, like I think St. Teresa of Avila said, you know, a mortal sin is more terrifying to her than the devil, mm-hmm. you know, so. Wow. Well, and you know, I mean, again, I don't want to go back to don't take it for granted because it's really, really clear here. It says, therefore, you do not know when the Lord will come. And that could be in the evening or at midnight or at cock crow or in the morning. Well, those are stages of our lives. When we're an infant, when we're young, when we're in the, in the, in the prime teenage years of our lives, you know, in the midlife or at midnight at the end of, our, of our, our age of our life, the Lord can come at any time. And we just live lives that says we always have tomorrow. And I love it when people, or no, I don't love it, but people all the time, they say, you know what? When I retire, I'm going to start giving then. Hmm. When I retire, I'm going to spend more time with my wife. When I retire, I'm going to... When they go, they pass. They don't retire. And they miss all those opportunities to be God's vessel of love, 
God's mercy and compassion to others because they're saying, well, tomorrow, tomorrow, when I retire, no, don't do that. You need to make the most of every day, opening it up, the gift from God, and living it in love. That's it. At least one thing that that I took as freeing was when Jesus says, each with his own work, that he, that he left the servants in charge, each with his own work. And I was at school this past week, and we were talking about, about this, and I said, think of that. You know, God loves us so much. He loves us so intimately. He gives each one of us a task, a plan that if you don't follow through with it, then no one is because it's unique to you. And that should be exciting, right? That should be exciting. And if we embrace this, not only for ourselves, but for others, that Tom, your work is not mine, right? My work isn't yours, David. Yours isn't mine. Mine isn't yours. God has given each one of us, the three of us here and everyone listening, our own work to do. And I asked the kids, if we truly embrace this, I said, what, what sins will that help stave off? If we really embrace that God loves me so much, he gave me my work, he gave me, he gave me gifts, and then we embrace those gifts, and we enjoy those gifts, and we enjoy the gifts in others, what two deadly sins is that going to keep at bay? And they kind of thought, and then each class got it, jealousy and envy. And, and we can replace that with joy. Because if I'm only happy for the gifts and the work that I have been given, then I'm happy once. But if we can adopt this this way of life and really looking at other people's gifts and the work that they do and, and really celebrate that, then we trade jealousy for joy. And our joy is multiplied by however many people are in our lives that, wow, great job, Dave, great job, Tom. You, that's amazing. You're so good at this. You're so good at this. Right? It's, 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 a, it's a beautiful way. But I think it was Bishop Sheen, Fulton Sheen, said that that's the last virtue. To truly, to truly, from the bottom of your heart, be happy for someone else's success. Like, like that's, that's one of the, the hardest virtues to, to attain. And Scripture backs you up, Rob, because it says that God's created all these good works for each and every one of us to do our own good works before we were ever born. And so then God is the one that co—he's the, 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 the one that comes along— Beside us, and it's Jesus, his beloved son, God the Father's son, who does the work in us, with us, and through us. And I love it, the word work, because for me, I had an experience this week. A man called me up and flew up here from Florida and wanted me to help use my gifts and talents along with my teams to develop a product from him for prayer stations all around the world. So he comes in and he gives his presentation, and the whole time I'm sitting there praying, Lord, help me, help me. You know, and he's telling me all these things he's going to do, and I'm like, and I get this thought, yeah, you know what? It'd be just a lot easier if I just give the, write the man a check and give the man a donation. As soon as I had that thought, I got a little bit of a response. <laughs> and I hear in my heart, in that still quiet voice, David, I'm not looking for your money. I want you to share your gifts and talents with this man and do the work that I've called you to do. But I didn't want to do the work. I wanted to just give a check and it's gone. But it's such a greater gift to give of the time, of the talents, to work. That's what God wanted was the work. And so you know what? I invested the time, and now I'm going to invest more time with my son-in-law. We're going to do the work that needs to be done for this project of prayer stations all around the world, not just write a check because that's too easy. That's not what God's asking. It's, it's the work. And the labor that we do are all works of love. They're labors of love. And, and yeah, so it made a difference for me, and it really opened up my heart and my mind, not just my checkbook. Another th- thought that just popped in was um, was the whole idea of, of distraction. 
So we're, we're called to be watchful and be alert. And like you said, Tom, that we need to be our, our own gatekeeper, right? You know, you know a well-formed conscience. So I think doing those that daily examination of conscience, which, which is something that, that I would, I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping I can to get better at, right? You know, so I think the more we examine our conscience, the, the, you know, then we're training ourselves to be, to be that gatekeeper. Um, but when distractions come, even the good stuff, like we can be distracted with all kinds of good stuff. So I think we need to be watchful and be alert that we're not so distracted by the good at the expense of the great, right? The evil one loves getting good people distracted by good things at the expense of the great, right? Taking care of our, you know, I know you take care of your dad, right? I'm helping with my dad as well. That's good, right? We have, we have family, we have friends, we have, you know, the ministry work we do. You know, service could be a distraction. It could. Like we can be serving at soup kitchens all day long, but we may never have talked to God that day. Right, that that we don't have a relationship. So I think we really need to be careful. I need to be careful that that I don't get so distracted with the good stuff at the expense of the great, which is growing in in an intimate relationship with my Father. Hmm. That I break away from the even the good stuff and really develop that relationship and 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 let Abba, Daddy, let him wrap his arms around me and pick me up and hold me and love me and just be his little boy. And, and develop that relationship. Because you're a member of the body of Christ, so it's Jesus Christ in you, Rob, that's doing the work in you, with you, and through you. So when God the Father is coddling you, he's coddling his son Jesus in you. You and Jesus become that one, that one son. It's beautiful. You know, and I love 1 Corinthians 1, verse 1 um, Verses 3 through 9, you know, it says, I give thanks to my God always on your account for the grace of God bestowed on you in Christ Jesus, that in him you were enriched in every way with all discourse and all knowledge as the testimony to Christ was confirmed among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gifts as you wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you firm to the end irreproachable on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, and by him you were called to fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's the complimentary reading that the church puts with the gospel reading we just did, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 9, so that we know that it's always Jesus Christ who's doing these works of love in us, with us, and through us, as we are one with Jesus, as Jesus' prayer for unity is, as I and him and, and, and you and I, that's the beauty of this relationship with God, our Father. He is Abba, Daddy. I had a really cool experience with um, a priest once in a, in a mass. I, mean, I don't know if you've ever had that where there, you feel that the priest is just talking right to you, and he told a story about his his relative sending a picture he's like 80 probably 80 years old this priest and a relative sent him a picture of of him this priest when he was in second grade in his first holy communion and he said he said always remember that god wants to have a relationship with little billy you know his name was william whatever right little billy right that that's like that's the intimacy Right, and this day we were talking about volleyball, and uh, and you and you and you know gave me a challenge and an invitation as well. You said, Rob, did, did you invite? We we're talking about this intimate relationship. You said, Rob, did you invite the father to, to play volleyball with you? And I was like, No, I didn't. I'm having such a great time, but I didn't invite him. He's like, Do that, and, you know, invite him, and you know that's 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 that 
that's the end. I think we need to. Sometimes we make it so complicated. Where we mm-hmm. try to be all the, you know, try to be you know amateur theologians. And Abba, Daddy, just wants us, little Robbie, little Davy, little Tommy, just to jump up on his lap and be like, "Come on, Daddy, want to? I'm going to play volleyball. Come on, why don't you come with me? You know, just make it so, just make it so real every day and all the, and all that we do. And then the scriptures tell us that in order to see the kingdom of God, in order to enter it, we have to be like what? Like children. Yeah. His children. And Rob, that learning lesson that I shared with you is something that God's teaching me. You know, the other day I went to go look for trees to plant um, on the property where we're doing the star barn. And I'm like, Father, will you go with me? Will you help me pick these trees out? It's the one that you know that generations from now people will enjoy and they'll love the way it looks. And Father, will you help me flag where those trees will go? I'm telling you what, I was like a little kid yesterday. I was out, I picked the trees the day before with the father and then invited him to come along with me to help flag where they would go so that generations from now, people will drive by these 100, 150, 200-year-old oak trees and tulip poplars and it'll bring them joy and they'll see God in that creation. They'll see his masterpiece, his beauty. So for me, it's taking the father along, hunting, fishing, wherever, whatever. That's called divine intimacy. That's what God the Father wants with each of us, his precious son, his precious daughter, to be with him at every moment. Scriptures tell us, pray without ceasing. Well, that's not saying a bunch of whole, a, a bunch of rote prayers. That's inviting and having God the Father, the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ, in us, with us, and through us, in everything of our day's activity. Invite them along. Have fun together. So for me, it's a new day for me. You know, in the morning, I'll say, hey, Dad, <laughs> what, what would look best for me today? You know, hey, you know, can you help me, Holy Spirit? Help me with the counsel in this meeting. Can you help me light it, light up? What, what is truth? And don't be afraid to ask God, what did you want to teach me in this situation? And then sometimes <laughs> he uses children especially my children with me. I'm eating, so I'm going to eat healthy, remember? And so my wife gets me this big bag of vegetable chips. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, vegetables, I'm going to eat vegetables. So I'm eating these vegetable chips, and the kids say, hey, Dad, you're eating chips. Oh, I said, no, I'm eating vegetable <laughs> chips. They're, they're healthy. They're carrots and beets and all these turnips. And they're like, uh, Dad, they're chips. Uh, you might as well eat potato chips because potatoes, they're a vegetable too. <laughs> and I went, oh, I never thought of that. So you know what? Wake up spiritually, spiritual ears, spiritual eyes. God will use the littlest ones, the children, to wake us up to make sure we stay on that right path. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you 
to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.